Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning in to the Cajun Demonologist podcast. I am your host, as always, Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun Demonologist. Today, we're going to talk about how to protect yourself during spiritual warfare and what exactly is spiritual warfare. Those are the questions that I have been asked lately, so we're going to discuss them here on the Cajun Demonologist podcast. So our first step is we need to learn and understand exactly what spiritual warfare is and how it correlates with the demonic. I see all too often on Facebook, television shows, and so on, where we have people that engage with what they perceive to be a demonic entity. And they will challenge this demonic entity which can be very, very dangerous. Time and time again, I will see investigators call these entities out and say, you want to pick on somebody, why don't you pick on me? They would call it a coward and so on. Look, from my experience, this is the wrong way to approach spiritual warfare. And I'm going to tell you why. Because you are approaching spiritual warfare from a physical point of view, such as the physical world that we live in here in the flesh. When it comes to spiritual warfare, it is very important that we understand exactly what spiritual warfare is. And it is exactly what it says it is. It is purely spiritual. It is a war that takes place in the mind and the heart and the soul of a person. By calling an entity out in the physical realm, you're only asking to get hurt very, very badly. Okay, This war has to be fought completely through mind, body, and soul. So the warfare itself takes place here in your subconscious mind and in your heart and your soul. That is where you can have a chance to win the battle when it comes to spiritual warfare. So we always need to remember, we want to approach spiritual warfare from a purely spiritual point of view. Now, one of the questions that I always get asked a lot is, well, how do you protect yourself when engaging in spiritual warfare? Well, for me, it's usually a process. If I know that I am going to participate in spiritual warfare, a couple of days before I go to the case or the spot where the physical warfare is going to take place, usually I will, within three days prior, I will start praying several times a day, asking the Lord to give me the authority through his blood that I need to be able to engage in spiritual warfare. And then as time goes on, I will meditate as well as pray. It's important that you put yourself in the right mindset because the key to spiritual warfare is this, taking authority of your own thoughts through the spirit realm. Now, what do you mean by that? Taking authority through your own thoughts through the spirit realm. Okay, so let me give you an example. Have you ever went somewhere 
and you had an evil thought just pop into your mind for no reason, or you know, you're driving past the church or something like that, and all of a sudden you just get angry for no reason. Or, you know, in general, if you get angry and you don't know why, well, that is because your thoughts are being manipulated by a spiritual force. See, God will never take control of our thoughts. Free will is one of the greatest gifts that God gave us. We have the free will to choose even whenever it comes to believing in Christ himself. So if Christ gives us that freedom to choose whether we want to love him or not, why would anyone think that he would impose his thoughts on our free will? However, you have to understand that the, the spirits of darkness do the total opposite. They will engage in your mind. That is where the battle is being fought in one's mind. These entities are trying to manipulate people's thoughts in order to gain a foothold on their life. And if you do not recognize this, in the very early stages, sometimes it's very, very hard to dig yourself out of that hole. You know, the old metaphor goes, if you fall in that hole and you just keep digging deeper and deeper, it's going to be harder to get out. Well, that applies to spiritual warfare. As a demonologist, over the years, I have learned, you know, what my characteristics are. What's my way of thinking? How do I approach things? And if I'm ever in a situation or a place to where my normal train of thought is being manipulated, well, I'm conscious enough to be able to pick up on that and understand that I am being manipulated by some other force other than my own mind and my own free will. So what I will do is I will stop and I will completely break that train of thought. And once you're able to identify that train of thought and where it was coming from, then you've basically closed the door. You see, demonic entities have to go through a process when trying to oppress or possess the living. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens over a period of time. Possession is never something that happens overnight. There are certain rules that these entities must follow in order to gain control of someone. And the reason that is, is because God gave us free will. You see, they have to take that free will away from us. And that's something that happens over a period of time. So what happens is if someone invites an entity into their life for some reason, then the first stage is what you call an infestation, okay? Infestation means that you've invited this entity into your life or your home. Well, at this point of the infestation, you will have all the signs of a haunting However, demonic hauntings are a little bit different than your earthbound soul type hauntings. For one, it's important to understand that demons do not haunt homes. That is not what they do. They want to inhabit a body. That is their goal. So if we get a call, for an example, 
of a family moving into a home and they think their house is haunted and they possibly think that is demonic. Okay, number one thing that we need to think of, can a demon haunt a home? Here's where it gets tricky. Yes, they can, but only under certain circumstances. They have to be conjured up and bound to a home. And that will happen usually within satanic rituals, witchcraft, things like that. Because what these people do whenever they, they do these rituals is they protect themselves from this entity that they are conjuring up. Okay? So... Even though they're conjuring this thing up to do their will, they still truly do not trust in this entity. So what they will do for their own protection, a lot of times they will bind an entity to a home or a certain object in a home. Something like that to give them control over this entity. However, that is just deceiving because over a period of time, that entity is going to gain the threshold throughout the whole entire home. Now, when dealing with an infestation in a home that the entity is bound to, then you would have to go in and do what you call an exorcism on a home itself. So what you have to do is, during the exorcism or the cleansing of the home, you have to break whatever right the entity has to being in the home, whatever is bounding it, binding it to the home itself. So what I will do is, I will start doing a series of prayers in each room. So whenever I, and usually I will start in the, if it's a two-story house, I'll start upstairs at about 12 o'clock. So if you're looking at a clock, you know, where the hands are 12 when you go in the front door, and then what I would do is I would go counterclockwise in every room. I would start upstairs. Then I would go downstairs in the basement if there is a basement, which, look, where I live, we do not have basements, okay? So I would start upstairs. Then I would go downstairs. And then what happens is at the 6 o'clock, it's going to be the last place where that entity can be. Because when you go room to room and you do a series of prayer and you break that room from any bondage that this entity may have on the room itself, you're actually moving that entity out of that room. So when that entity has nowhere else to go, it's cornered at this point. And this is where doing an exorcism on a home can get very, very dangerous. Because now this entity feels threatened and it is going to lash out at you. Now, with that being said, here's the key to protecting yourself through spiritual warfare. So this is what I do and I think this is the best way that I can explain it. When I know I'm going to engage in spiritual warfare, that is when the Cajun demonologist you know, comes out. It's almost like an altar in a way. You know, for an example, I could tell you this. If you ever watch the, sh the show Ghost of Morgan City, when you see me 
communicating with a spirit or, or anything like that. If you look in my eyes and you look at the way I scan that room while I'm in there and by the facial expression, I am taking complete authority over that situation. Okay, and that is the key. You have to take complete authority in a situation like that. That is your protection. Okay, so the next question is people ask, well, how do you take complete authority? Well, here's the way this works. If you go into the Bible and you read it, you know, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he said, he says, if you believe in my name and if you are baptized, I give you the authority to cast out demons and tread on serpents. Okay, so what he is telling people is if you truly believe in his name, he will give you the authority that you need to be able to cast out demons. So this is how I approach this. When I'm engaging in spiritual warfare, I always visualize what I am wanting to happen, okay? Because when you visualize something in your mind, it makes it more real in your perception, your subconscious mind, okay? Subconscious mind is the key. That's where we want the belief to be. And by me, when I walk into a room or a home and I start using the St. Michael prayer for protection, this is where it starts. As soon as I enter into that room, I will say the St. Michael's prayer. And I will call upon all the archangels by name, one by one. And as I am doing this, I visualize them coming from the heavens, slamming on the ground in front of me, standing up, pulling out their swords, and surrounding me. See, I visualize all of this because in the spirit world, this is factual. This is happening in the spiritual world. Them angels are really coming down, and they are protecting me and whoever I am working with in the family as well. You see, the mind, your subconscious mind, when you, when you imagine these things, it becomes real in the spirit world because it's taking place solely in your mind, your heart, and your soul, okay? So when you could visualize this, you're giving your soul and your mind the power that it needs. You're truly believing in what you are doing at this point. And that is your protection to truly believe in what you are doing. I say this again. Protection comes when you truly believe in something. Okay? I'll give you a quick little reference. All right. So a crucifix. A crucifix is nothing more than an inanimate object. It is your belief in that crucifix that makes it what it is. Okay? Now, some people have different ways of protecting themselves. They will wear crystals or they will wear different types of jewelry or whatever for their protection. Okay, that is fine. 
If they truly believe that that is going to protect them, then that is going to be their protection because they sent that out into the universe, into the spirit world. God acknowledges that. The higher powers acknowledge that. And that is the protection. So as we perceive through doing a house cleansing or, or whatever the case may be, if I'm in the room, it's important for me to, one, break whatever right this entity may have in the room. And two, I need to visualize that the authority is coming from a higher power within myself. Okay? So, this is the way that I do this. When I'm in a room and I am trying to remove something of a negative source out of the room, I will say, I call upon the powers of Jesus Christ to get rid of any and all negative energy or entity within this room through the power of Jesus Christ. Okay? This, this is just an example. Now, whenever I do that, then I always imagine in my mind Jesus standing right beside me. If I move my arm, he moves his arm. If I speak a word, the words are actually coming out of his mouth, not mine. I am just a vessel for him to do his work. So in that regard, I am not taking anything for myself. I'm not the one that's doing it, okay? Christ is the one that's doing it. In other words, it's him, but I am a, vis a verbal voice for him to do his work. Always give the authority to a higher power because the moment that you take responsibility and say, or gratitude or whatever the case may be, and say, you know what, I done this, guess what? That's when everything you done gets unwound. You are not the one that done it. You were granted authority by, by a higher power. And that's where a lot of people, especially in spiritual warfare, fail is they will do a couple of cases and they will be able to rid the home or the person from whatever is inflicting them. Now, then all of a sudden they get a little arrogant and they say, you know what? I done this. You know, I'm the one, I'm able to do this. And at that point, guess what? All of that authority has just been taken from you. And the next time you engage in spiritual warfare, you are going to get chewed up and spit out by this entity. You have to understand that they are way more intelligent than you can ever dream of being and way more capable than you can ever be. So, you have to call up on a force that is above them. And it is very important to understand this. So it is very important to always stay humble when engaging in spiritual warfare. That is the key to success. That is the key to being able to make a difference in this world and help families that are in need. Now, Another way you could protect yourself is with what they call 
wearing the armor of God. Now, again, this comes with visualization, okay? Visualize yourself before you and your team walk into a location that possibly has a demonic entity involved. Imagining yourself putting on that armor, that impenetrable armor that nothing could penetrate through. This armor is is indestructible, okay? Again, where does this what does this mean? This means that we are visualizing protecting ourselves. You know, a lot of people use a lot of different methods. I know some people that just, you know, they visualize a, a shield around them, you know, kind of like a barrier or something you see in Star Wars or whatever. You know, it's like this invisible force field. There's all kinds of different ways to approach this. But the key is to always remember you are engaging in battle that is spiritual. It's nothing physical. So you don't go into a haunted location and try to pretend like you're Billy Badass and start calling this thing out because you're picking a fight that you cannot win. Again, we must be humble when we approach situations like this and always understand how dangerous it can be. Because it can be very, very dangerous. Look, these entities do not have to draw energy from anything to be able to manifest or anything like that, like an earthbound spirit does. These entities have all the energy that they need. However, they feed off of negative energy. That's what they crave. You know, that is the more negative energy that they can feed off, the more grip they have on an individual or a home or something like that. So what have we learned today? We have learned one, that demons do not haunt homes. However, if there is a demon, after you do your investigation and you truly believe that it is a demonic entity that is in that home and you cannot correlate a family member bringing this entity into the home, it was there prior, then we know this. One, there must have been some type of ritual that took place in this home that bound this entity to this home. Or two, these people had purchased an object with their own free will that an entity was bound to. Okay, so those are going to be your clues to your next step in your investigation and what you need to do. So then we start asking the family members, okay, did you buy anything at a garage sale? Did you buy anything at a flea market or anything like that previously around the same time that all of this started happening in your home? And if they say no, okay, well, then that kind of rules out of possibly unknowingly bringing a haunted object into a home. So then we know that the ritual must have took place or something of that nature in this home. So then we had the ammunition at this point to break whatever right this entity may have on the home. So then when we prepare for our actual spiritual warfare, we want to make sure we include in our rituals, I now break any curse that's been put up on this house. I clear this house of any witchcraft, sorcery of any kind. I now break whatever demonic entity may have a right here in this home. I now vanish you. Flee. Go to the foot of the cross for judgment. So it's very important to verbally break 
whatever right that you think this entity may have in a home. Now, that is the key when it comes to breaking whatever right an entity may have on a home is to verbally say it and verbally break whatever right. If you're not sure what it is, write down a whole list. Anything that you could possibly think of, make sure you say it out loud and say it with authority. That is the key. Again, we must remember that this is purely a battle that takes place in the mind, in your thoughts, in the spirit world, not in the physical realm. Now, other things that we can do as far as protection. We have several different things at our disposal that we can use. You can always use holy water in a room because this is, to me, what holy water does when doing a spiritual warfare in a home. So I will walk into a room and I will take holy water and sprinkle it on the walls in the room. At that moment, in my mind, when I walk into that room, that room is full of darkness. And the second that holy water hits the walls in that room, a bright light appears wherever that holy water touches. So all of a sudden, this light just becomes this brilliant, bright light. And anything of darkness is going to flee that room. Okay, so I will do this in every single room that I go in. And then what we do is after I take that room and I bring the light into that room, I will use frankincense around that room so that that frankincense will absorb into the walls. And that will keep that room of a positive nature so that that negative entity will not flee back into that room. And I will do this in every single room that I do. Okay, and that way, as each room that I go, I am closing that door for that entity as I'm making my circle to where that entity has nowhere else to go. It can't flee. It has to face me at that point. And that is when I will do the expulsion part of the ritual to expel whatever entity may be in that room. So now for a quick break from one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Urban's Edge essential oils are triple tested for purity and are enhanced with energetically charged gemstones and shaman blessed to ensure this quality product. I used Hawkeye on my last investigation and I could feel the positive energy as soon as I put it on. And after the investigation, I still had lots of energy. I will use this again and you should too. You can find it at Urban Edge at www.urbanedge.com at www.urbanedge.com. You won't be sorry. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go over everything that we just learned. So one, when engaging in spiritual warfare, it is important to protect yourself before you even in battle or engage in spiritual warfare. Two, always give the authority to a higher power. You are just a vessel for the Lord to be able to do his work. And number three, we must always remain humble and do not take what is not yours. 
This authority has been given to you. It is a gift from the higher power, and it can be taken away as well. Thank you all for joining me today, and I hope you learned something. If you have any questions whatsoever about this episode or any previous episode that we had, please feel free to message me. I always answer messages. And if you have a topic that you would like to see discussed on this podcast, also please feel free to let me know and we will get it on the air. And remember, guys. Make sure you tune in to Ghost of Morgan City this Friday night on a travel channel. We are going to be investigating our headquarters. Yes, we are going to be investigating our headquarters throughout the course of filming Ghost of Morgan City. We always knew that there was something not right about that building, and things started escalating there towards the end, and we done a paranormal investigation on that building and things got crazy and also be sure to check out my facebook page the cajun ministry and also check out the paranormal equipment raffle page it's a raffle page that i run to gain funding for the cajun ministry we raffle off all types of paranormal equipment on that page right now i think we have a rim pod combo mix and we also have that sls camera that everybody wants to get their hands on so until next time be safe and remember have a good day